Hello and welcome to A Sporting Discussion, the podcast that aims to discuss sports of all sorts. I am AJ Mithin and I am joined by my co-host, newly christened Twitter menace, Andrew Donaldson. Hello, Andrew. Hello, AJ. Why am I a Twitter menace? Twitter menace. You, you go after Mark Stevens on Twitter. You go after your own Hawthorne Hawks on Twitter. What's wrong with Kiss Cam? Oh, the Kiss Cam, please. Don't get me started on that. I will. I do go after Mark Stevens because he says some very stupid things. I'm sure that he's just trying to get a rise out of people like me. Well, we don't have time for you to go into your rants at the moment. We have a huge show, episode 14 this week. We chat about Jared Haynes' latest career move. We review the many squads named this week in uh, Rugby League, State of Origin and the Australian Test Team for Sri Lanka, is it? Yes. Uh, and... We have a special guest, Bob's, Bobby Simpson, who is representing the Australian Capital Territory at the Darts Players Australia Australasian Championships, which are currently underway at in Dubbo. Yes, that is a very exciting. I'm looking forward to having a chat to Bobby. I know. You love your darts, Andrew. I do. Uh, now, let me read this admin bit. As we all know, a discussion is two ways. Us here at ASD Stadium, where we record the podcast, and you, the listeners, Get on to us via Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion so we can make sure we are talking about issues that are of interest to you. We kick things off with confirmations and corrections proudly brought to you by Ultimate AFL Trivia questions and videos for AFL fans, search for them on Facebook, Ultimate AFL Trivia. AJ, confirmation. Can, can you hear something? Oh, hang on. I hear some piano. There's a little bit of piano. What, what, what's that? Have we got the rights to this? What is it? DJ oh, hang on. Bravo. It's DJ Bravo. DJ you know what that means, everyone? Oh, clear. Error free. Error free. We also celebrate, this is a record-breaking fourth week, all clear, no errors from Andrew Donaldson. Well done, Andrew. If we listen a little bit closely, we can hear him say, Andrew's a champion. Yeah, we're talking over it, but you can take our word for it, listeners. All right, let's turn that one down. So we are all (laughs) clear for last week in terms of confirmations and corrections. I'd like to thank our guests from last week for taking time off us to be able to make a mistake of uh, research. (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) So, AJ, do you want to take us through the social media's topical recap for the week? I will. Topical recap. And it was all about Nick Kyrgios after uh, Raylene Boyle's comments that we spoke about last week and he had his first round match at the French Open a couple of days ago where he got in trouble again for apparently going, TOW! Too loud. Asking for a towel too loudly from the kid. He got in trouble from the uh, from the chair, chair umpire. umpire. I nearly said judge. Carlos Ramos, who is one of the best going around. He's known for his protocol and attention to manners. Mm. Yes. Anyway, we asked the folks, do you, I'll paraphrase, do you love or hate Nick Kyrgios? And the results were quite interesting. 50% love Nick Kyrgios. I think he's excellent. That's a good, that's a good number. 36% hated him and thought he was bad for sport. That's not ideal. Thanks, Dawn, Raylene, and what was his name? Ramos. Carlos. Carlos, yes. Probably Kitty Chiller as well. And as always on our ASD uh, polls, we had 14% going, who cares, I'm a golfer. So more angry golfers out there wanting more recognition for their non-sport. I, and I think that those figures 
really do reflect what we see on mainstream media and social media. Whenever there's anything about Nick Kyrgios, there is a just a tirade of people going, oh, he's, to use a word that I hate, oh, a flog. A flog. Oh, please. And then others who are just like... Well, no, he's all right. He's the number 19 in Interesting, the world. though. I, I dare say that the ones uh, arcing up about him and his behaviour the most are the members of the press. The most general likely. public actually quite like Nick Kyrgios, I dare say. And though, but those who don't are more vocal about it. Oh, they're extremely vocal yes. about it. Time for a weekly whack, which is kind of bi-weekly or semi-weekly. But anyway, it's a week, so here's a weekly whack. Andrew, I see you coming in off the long run. Who you got your eyes on? Muirfield Golf Club. Oh, dear. A male-only golf club and has been for over 100 years. They held a vote recently to see whether they should allow females to become members. They needed 75% of the the membership to to vote yes. So they needed 404 yes votes. They got 387 for, 219 against. That means the Royal and Ancient St Andrews have come out and said... All right, well, Muirfield, you're not hosting the British Open until you allow women to be members. And they're still going, oh, but women will continue to be welcome at Muirfield on the course and in the clubhouse as guests and visitors, as they have been for many years. Please, Muirfield, you have hosted the British Open 16 times. The last time was in 2013. They were due to host in 2023 as part of a 10-course rotation. They have been removed, and rightfully so, from that rotation by the Royal and Ancient. And Muirfield, get your act together. It's not... It's just not appropriate to be saying we are a men's only club and women, well, you know, they should marry a member if they want to be here. Muirfield, just whack. Now, Andrew, about, where were we? About this time last year, maybe. Uh, Jared Hayne said that he was going to leave the Parramatta Eels and the National Rugby League and go and try out for the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL over in the States. It was his Martin Luther King moment. Ooh. He had a dream. Oh, all right. Yes, uh, <laughs> he had a dream he that he wanted dream. to represent a team in the NFL. That's not where I saw, thought, saw that going. But yes, you, you are correct. Uh, and he did. He made it. He made the squad of 53, which is not... Easy. No, it's there's not. No, there's no other way of putting it. There's three cuts uh, in the preseason, uh, 90 down to 75, down to 53, and literally hundreds of players try out for each team. Um, and this was a guy who'd never played a sport before. And also was trying for a position that is not a traditional Australian player position, yeah. i.e. kicker. Not, so one, he was... not one where you punt the ball. Yeah. yeah. But anyway... Uh, while we thought he was restocking and uh, getting set to go for year two and uh, try to earn the big NFL dollars, 
all of a sudden he's up and gone to uh, play sevens rugby for Fiji. Another Martin Luther King moment. <laughs> and a dream that he wanted to... Uh, dream to play in the Olympics. Play in the Olympics. Yeah, anyway. Well, there's a few things that come with that dream of playing rugby sevens. And uh, he just played in the World Sevens Rugby uh, leg in London last weekend without much achievement in a Fijian side that was missing six first-choice players. Reigning world champion Fijian side as well. Reigning world champ. And on the weekend, they were confirmed as the World Rugby Sevens champions for 2016. So technically, he's now part of a champion side. I saw him lift up the cup. (laughs) Well, yes. Anyway, didn't play many minutes, didn't get a lot done. Um, And Fiji Sevens coach Ben Ryan uh, has been less than gushing about... Uh, Hayne in general um, I think he's the, I love Ben Ryan He's a uh, He's a, a Fairly old school coach Who brooks no guff With the media He tells it how it is His big issue Has been with Jared Hayne's Fitness levels Hasn't it? Yeah uh, The way he put it um, uh, They were running a Beep test mm. And uh, I believe uh, Sevens players Fijian Sevens players Need to be at, at least Level 22 and uh, Hayne was at level 16, which is supposed to be NRL, as Coach Ryan put it, NRL level. Right. That's less than ideal. I know that... And he's, would... he's also coming off a year where it's just been short burst work in the NFL, ready for initial contact and then get one inch or get 10, 10 yards. And they did some sand dune work as well, where even the the super fit Fijians were throwing up at the end of it. And that, I think, was the the big one where the coach just went, oh, Jared, no. Yeah, the telling thing Coach Ryan said was that Hayne was almost dead after a week that the Fijian team considered uh, light work. So (laughs) he's got, I believe, six weeks or so to get ready uh, to try and get himself into shape for the Rio Olympics. Um, now, Coach Ryan, like I said, he's been less than gushing about Haynes' chances to make it to the Olympics, which immediately puts him at odds with the Australian media, who expect nothing but 100% admiration and uh, gushing... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Praise, yeah. love for oh. whatever it is Jared Hayne wants to do. Fox Sports must just have a Jared Hayne wing. Well, it's almost as good as... Uh, What's the? Remember when Channel Seven, I think it was, posted a tweet and a story on its website and spoke about it on the Daily News that his flight was delayed. <laughs> yes. Jared Haynes' flight from San Francisco to Australia was delayed by six hours. Yep, that's a story. <laughs> now, Coach Ryan finds himself in the middle of this media crud storm, mm. and uh, he because he's going to have to find a spot for Hayne in the World Champion. Fijian a side. world champion team, number one team in the world, raging red hot for a gold medal. And With you've got a fella who's never played rugby before deciding that this is something that he wants to do. Now, I I can only think that there's, the fix is in somewhere. Something's happened so that Hayne will will be at the Olympics. Oh, okay. in what In what form, who knows? Could be just a bench player. Yeah, squad member. But that he'll still get a gold medal. Like he's just got a... Sevens World Rugby Sevens Championship. Yeah, and then he can go to bed and sleep with his championship and his (laughs) gold medal and whatever his next dream is. AJ, speaking of his next dream, what does this sequence of events mean for Jared Hayne? Has he turned his back on 
Australian rugby by playing in the the sevens. Well, he, he's officially now a Fijian international player. Okay, so which he was in rugby league as well. Yeah, but rugby league's international qualification stuff is so he played for Australia, New South Wales, and Fiji in rugby league. Okay, so let's um, forget about that. Let's go to rugby. Rugby is a bit tighter about that, but playing for Fiji puts him in a position where. International rugby sides, club rugby sides, can pick him up and he doesn't count towards the international player quota. And that's oh. because Fiji is categorised by the IRU, I think it is, as an emerging rugby nation. This is for the 15-a-side game. Oh, okay. Regardless of the fact that they've been dominating sevens for almost 20 years yeah. now. <laughs> so that means that they can, these teams, presumably in France and Japan, which is where everyone seems to go, can, can UK, pick him up. UK, Ireland, all of them. Yeah. yeah. They can just pick him up and not have any of their other international players affected by it. Yep. He's going to make a hell of a lot of money playing club rugby. Yep. In Japan, in the UK, wherever. Um, and then I imagine once he's done with that, he'll come back to the NRL where he will make even more money. Oh, and well done to him because he's no spring chicken in sports age. No, no, he has. He's been around for for a little while, but also good on him for for trying other sports. Not not many people have the opportunity to you know to play international level sport. A lot of us do have the opportunity to to change jobs, change industries, well, whatever we want. We've said this before. Anyone who gets on someone else for bettering their situation, yeah. I think it should be – we're not ashamed of yourself. Just have a think about what you're doing with yourself. If exactly. You, How many jobs have you had and have you crossed, in, crossed industries before? Mind you, Jared Haynes not walking into – Ignore what I just said about the fix being in. He's mm. not walking into positions where he's being gold-plated handed a spot. No. He had to work his work his backside off to get a spot on the 49ers roster. Yep. And he, he's going to have to work, literally work his backside <laughs> off <Yeah. laughs> to make the Fijian Sevens team. So it's not like he's... I don't know. It's not like he's uh, the fix is in and off he goes. Even though I, I reckon that's what's going on for Fiji. So in Australia, we've had Carmichael Hunt and Israel Folau both go from the rugby league to AFL. Carmichael Hunt, he needed to completely change his body shape, and it took almost twelve months uh, of training to mm. strip him down. Body shape, running style. Coordination, hand-eye coordination, all of that. Same with Falau. Yeah, and 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 360 awareness, which Jared Haynes still struggles with. Yes, and and there's there's heaps of players who cross from league to union. Often a Melbourne Storm player has just done that. Yeah, Marika Korobiti, the winger from the Storm, has That's the uh, one. just signed for your Melbourne Rebels. Yeah, I know Rebels. But even you know Alex Keith, he was drafted to the Gold Coast and he then said, no, I want to continue playing cricket and now he's decided, no, I'm going to have a crack at at footy and so Adelaide have him on their list. Elise Perry plays cricket and soccer. Jess Cameron played her first AFL game or women's AFL game for Melbourne on the weekend. She's an Australian international cricket representative. It's not a... you know, an isolated situation where someone changes sports. The only thing I will say is that Union is the can be considered the national sport of Fiji and their sevens team is like the national team. The gods. The gods. And um, guys work their entire lives to play rugby at any level for Fiji. And, uh, I mean, even uh, Nick Phipps, who 
plays for the Waratahs and a Wallaby, and is a Wallaby, said that uh, he'd be pretty dirty if Jared Hayne took the place of a teammate in the Fiji squad. And you'd have to feel for the player who is going to miss out if he does make it. Yeah, completely agree. Because, as we said, there is someone who's going to have to miss out. But all this media storm about Jared the circus Hayne, like, again. Honestly, and I know that I did, you know... Uh, make light of the situation with uh, I had a dream and then another dream and another <laughs> dream. But if he wants to do it, good luck to if him. If he can achieve it, well done. I still think the fix is in for the sevens, but that's just me. We spoke last week to ABC Grandstands Tim Gore, the ASD Rugby League Rugby League correspondent, about the upcoming state of origin and the squads have just been announced. Are there any unexpected inclusions? Well, a few changes. Uh, Laurie Daly's made five changes. Uh, it's not five freshy uh, origin players. There's a couple that have played before, like Andrew Fafita and... Uh, Adam Reynolds. So it's five from last year's squad have changed? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there was a little bit of talk about how five-eighths would work, whether Josh Reynolds from Canterbury would play, whether uh, Blake Austin from Canberra would mm-hmm. play. Uh, but uh, the number six has gone to James Maloney from Cronulla, and um, you can't really argue with that because he has taken the Sharks to the top of the ladder for the first time in decades. Seems to be picking on form, which is clever. Apart from Blake Ferguson on the wing, but... Right. Josh anyway. Dugan in? Dugan is in. Ennis? Uh, Ennis is out. Oh, Robbie Farah is in. Okay. And I can only assume that that is origin loyalty, as we spoke about last week. Sure. And for Queensland, were there any surprises in their squad? Uh, uh, well, sorry, just a quick one. Surprise in the New South Wales squad mm. was Dylan Walker, named on the bench, who's okay. been playing in the halves for Manly and not really covering himself in glory, but he has played in the centres before for Souths and has been quite good. Uh, Matt Moylan has been named as well for New South Wales. He's quite. He's a really good player. Okay. Yeah, Queensland, no real surprises. Um, you get what you pay for, basically, <laughs> with uh, Queensland at origin time. Darius Boyd, uh, Inglis, uh, Thurston, Cronk, Matt Scott, Cameron Smith, Sam Thardy, Corey Parker. I mean, yeah, they've Just, named yeah. Michael Morgan, who is a great player as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also uh, given Corey Oates a go and Justin O'Neill in the centres who plays for the North Queensland Cowboys. He's quite a good player. So he's he'll, he, I guess they're bringing him in to take over the Justin Hodges, um, knock it up and score the occasional try. Yep. O'Neill rarely misses a tackle. And so we're expecting it to be a quite you know, tight tussle where Queensland are most likely going to go in as favourites and New South Wales just going to try and grind them down. New South Wales have picked a team for grinding. So we can expect that in game one, which is next week. And we will record just before that happens, I think. So we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks hence. But that was not the only squad that was announced this week. The Australian cricket team... Uh, have announced their test squad for the tour of Sri Lanka that's coming up. So, Andrew, give us a bit of some ins and outs and surprises. Well, with most Australian squad 
announcements, there is an outcry of, I can't believe this person didn't get named and I can't believe this person did get named. (laughs) Sean Marsh seems to always be on the receiving end of a lot of those cries. Uh, In the Victorian media, Glenn Maxwell is often decried as not being given a, a go and it's always a New South Wales conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. I saw an article today that no Victorians made the list. And there was a... Like Dean Jones, I think, was one person who was going, oh, they won the Shield and they can't get anyone in. And it's just like, well, they probably won the Shield because all of the international players were playing <laughs> for Australia and not for their respective states. So is Sean Marsh in? Sean Marsh is in. Let me take this moment. I quite like Sean Marsh. I think he's a really good batsman. Sean March is a very good Not all the who, time. No, he hasn't performed as well as as he would have hoped, as, as the selectors would have hoped. He's sort of a, a hit or miss. And for him, unfortunately, he has missed on more occasions, particularly in the early part of his career. Mm. But what he has done is... Kind of zero or 150, isn't he? Yeah, and he's come in a lot of times and the first innings of the first test of a series where everyone's gone, he shouldn't be here. He comes in and he rocks <laughs> up 120 and they're like... Oh, Oh, fine. And then he doesn't make 120 for the rest of the series. Yes. <laughs> but with all of this hoo-ha, there are 11 players from the last test squad oh. in this test squad. Oh, the, so where's the excitement? Two of the... Moises Henriques? Well, so Moises Henriques is one of the inclusions. I'll mm. give you the exclusions from the New Zealand squad or okay. the squad that yep. toured New Zealand. James Pattinson and Peter Siddle are both injured, mm. so they would have been replaced by... That's long-term stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Siddle's probably going to really struggle to get back into the Australian setup. Mm. They would have been replaced by two quick bowlers. The next two off the... Oh, like, cabs off the rank. Mitchell Stark, he's back from injury, and Nathan Coulter-Nile, who the selectors have a real love for because he is quick, but he's very, very injury-prone. That's That makes sense... Coulton Isle, that could have been, you know, Joe Manny, but that's... The has, cool- in your opinion? In my opinion. Yeah, has Coulton Isle shown enough to be given a no. cap? No? No. He's been injured too often in the last 12 to 18 months. He hasn't had well, any that continuity. Well, that makes him, makes him lay perfect. down position for a selection in the test squad. But so those two changes, you go, okay, no worries. Chad Sayers was the other one who was left out of the squad and he's basically been replaced by Steve O'Keefe. And because the Australian selectors want the option of playing two spinners with Nathan Lyon and Steve O'Keefe in the one team, they've decided that they need an extra all-rounder to give them some more seam bowling, so they brought in Moses Henriques. The squad makes perfect sense if you look at it from the part, the previous squad that was selected. Well, it's, is it horses for courses? Sri Lanka's turning decks. Moises yep. Henriques moves the ball and he gets it to drop a little bit on subcontinental decks. We saw that when he played in India. Yeah, so he's played three tests all in India and he batted really well there as well. Batted really well, yeah. They've got an eye towards the Indian tests coming up yep. uh, with against Sri Lanka. Kumar Sangakkara and Mahela Jayawardena won't be there, so Sri Lanka won't uh, yeah. be in as good. Uh, you know, it could nip. be. So, is this? Uh, would you would you have picked O'Keefe? Any other spinners? Maybe Zampa, or do they not want to put him in a test situation? I think it's exactly that. Zampa performed well when called upon in the World T20. He has been really, really good in the IPL. He has a first-class average last year of like 
65 or something. So he's just not been able to, to nail down a, a spot in a first-class squad or an Australian test squad due to his first-class figures. Farwood Ahmed was actually the, the best-performed oh, spinner yes. in the shield. 27 wickets at 33. Steve O'Keefe was the next best performed with 17 wickets at 24. Oh. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a line through Farwood Ahmed then. If he can't get a tour with, with when he's 10 wickets ahead of the next. Uh, yes. You would imagine that that's him done and dusted. So the batting side of things, Ben Dunk, Travis Dean, Peter Hanscom were the top three scorers. Then mm. George Bailey and Curtis Patterson. There weren't really any batters in the New Zealand series that performed completely and utterly terribly to, to warrant being dropped. They could have taken Peter Hanscom as, you know, a learning experience for him, but... Batsmen very rarely go on learning experiences on tour, don't they? It's that's true. a keeper or a bowler. Now, I had a question. Is everyone okay? Because they've been dropping like flies out of the IPL Australian players. Yeah, that hasn't been... It hasn't impacted on any of the, the test players or those named in the squad. Because, yeah, what's his name? Uh, John Hastings, he's, he's done and dusted uh, um, um, amongst a number of others. I'm not sure. Steve if Smith had a wrist problem. Mm, so, I don't, so I don't know if it's overuse and if they're going to reconsider going over to the IPL from now on. Well, I doubt it because there's a lot of money there. Yeah, a lot of money, a lot of exposure. Now, the first test is on the 26th of July. That is correct. Is that likely to be a White Line Wireless covered series? There is every possibility that White Line Wireless will be covering the Sri Lanka versus Australia series ball by ball by ball. 26th of July at Palakeli International Cricket Stadium in Kandy. Tune in to whitelinewireless.com just to see what the, all right, all the right, details all right. are. Save the, save the sales pitch for later. The Premier League of Darts came to its climax last week with the finals being held in London. Michael Van Gerwen, Adrian Lewis, Phil Taylor and defending champion Gary Anderson made the finals with Michael Van Gerwen knocking off Phil Taylor 11-3 in the best of 21-leg final to win his second Premier League title. But AJ, that isn't the biggest story in the darts world this week. Not by any stretch of the imagination, Andrew. What have we got going on in Dubbo, AJ? The 2016 Darts Players Australia Australasian Championships are happening in Dubbo as we speak, with the best players from around Australia and New Zealand gathering to compete in teams, doubles and singles for the glory. We are very, very pleased to be able to welcome an ACT Darts representative live from Dubbo to the podcast, Bobby Simpson. Hello, Bobby. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on, mate. Not a problem. Now, this tournament is... Is this a regular tournament or is it something that is new on the Australian Darts calendar? This is very much new on the uh, Darts calendar for uh, Australasia. Uh, the first one of its kind uh, held in Dubbo of all places. Welcome Dubbo. Uh, we love we love it out here. The locals have been very friendly, uh, and New Zealand uh, have made the trek across as well across the ditch to uh, uh, come over and throw some spears. 
and uh, it's been a very good couple of days so far for everyone. So it, the tournament started with the the teams competition in the first three days, and that was Queensland being victorious in both the men and the women. Queensland on paper probably not the strongest side. Ooh, uh, controversial. Done very well. Uh, Victoria and Western Australia on paper in the men's especially, probably the best two states uh, to show up at these championships. But uh, I actually sat down and watched Queensland play Western Australia yesterday afternoon and Queensland were down 5-0 and uh, the best of 14 games and came back at 1-9-5. Oh, wow. <laughs> they've got some very, yeah, they've some very good players there, led by Captain Shane Titchewich, who's been around the Australian Darts uh, community for a long time. Young guns like Robbie King, and then you've got some uh, veterans in there, Bill Aiken and uh, Pat O'Reil, Nick McCready, very good players. Um, but uh, the, the team's events... Uh, you start off with eight singles games. Everyone plays one singles game, best of five. And then you have uh, four teams games of doubles. And then two teams games of four players each. And it's it's really, you know, you hit your double, you win. Some players are close and they miss and you just lose. It's just unfortunate. But it's very tough games. Um, and obviously having the two New Zealand teams in there as well. They're very good players from New Zealand. And the New Zealand team came second in both the men's and women's as well. That's right, yeah. They're just unbelievable. Uh, one of the New Zealand teams, they've got uh, current World Cup player uh, Cody Harris uh, and uh, Stuart Leach, who actually played for Queensland, I think, in previous tournaments in a different format, but uh, they're very good players the Kiwi. Okay, and so and there was... they're nice people to do too as well. I've, I've I've met a lot of them, and they're very nice people. Well, that helps. <laughs> and how that did does help. how did the ACT go in the the teams tournament? Very unlucky we were. Um, not a lot of wins in there at all. But uh, the boys tried their hearts out. There's a lot of young rookies in there from the ACT as well. We've got newcomers, Bryson Williams, who's only 17 years old, and he's, he's going to be one of the dark stars of the future, you can guarantee that. Wow. Uh, also, uh, a newcomer, David Martin Henry, who's also a very good player. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we struggled a little bit against some of the bigger sides. We went down 10-4 to New South Wales, which wasn't a bad result. Uh, and we also just got picked by New Zealand 9-5, but it was 5-all at one stage, and we were just... Unlucky to miss a few crucial doubles at some point uh, to well, uh, that match. 17-year-old. Jeez, that's a early start. Yeah, now, it, 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 he goes very well for a 17-year-old, yeah. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Oh, well, 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 we'll claim him that we broke him here on a sporting discussion <laughs> first, Bob. Um, that's right. Now, a lot of us, you know, have a few pints in the, par- in the bar and decide we're pretty good at darts and fling a few at a board, but... How, what did you have to go through to get picked for the team and uh, make it to the championships here? Well, this being the first year of the championships, uh, the ACT actually didn't have a trial uh, as such, um, you know, to pick the side. They've got eight, they're probably the best dart player of all time coming out of Australia, Russell Stewart. Uh, Rusty, who, if a lot of people growing up um, uh, or watching darts in the 80s and 90s, they'll know Rusty Stewart. 
he was very big here in Australia. He was good over in England. Uh, he's our captain and mentor, and he pretty much picked the side uh, based on form and uh, good bloke ability, you could say. You've definitely got someone, who, you've got someone who's got a good eye for talent, though. That's right, yes. So, yeah, Rusty's picked a good side to come away with. And while we might not be in the top uh, eight players in the ACC, he's definitely picked a bunch of blokes that are going to come away and have a good crack at it. And we certainly have done that. So, um, fair credit to Rusty. You know, he's done his homework, but, uh, yeah, the boys just couldn't get over the line on some occasions. But it's some very tough opposition. And so we've got the singles tournament kicking off. Is that tomorrow, Thursday? Yeah, the singles tomorrow. Uh, it's straight knockout. Uh, very tough games. Uh, a lot of these blokes just do not miss. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the finals are all played on Saturday. Uh, again, if anyone's watched the Premier League Darts on Fox Sports, you've got Russell Bray. Uh, Russ Bray, the bloke that uh, has a real husky voice that yells out, What eighty? <laughs> yes, I'm, uh, I'm aware of him. He's, uh, he's here. Uh, I really? Him yesterday and got a photo. Uh, oh, he's a very fantastic. nice, he's a gentleman of the sport, he's a nice bloke, but he is here, he's controlling the tournament, and he actually will be calling the games, the semi-finals for the men's and women's singles, doubles uh, from Saturday. So, Oh, that's magnificent. Yeah, it's absolutely great to have us here, and uh, we've sat down and had breakfast with him, and he's just a really nice bloke. That's a fair coup for the organisers, well done. He's come all the way. I'm not sure if he's mates in England and said, what are you doing this weekend, Russ? And he said, I'm going to Australia. And they said, where about <laughs> Sydney, Melbourne? He said, Dubbo. And I said, where is that? Is there a big something in Dubbo or am I thinking of Coffs Harbour? Um, not sure in Dubbo. No, I haven't seen anything. All right. <laughs> well, I imagine you've been focused in the team hotel, Bob, uh, just putting in some practice darts rather than going out and seeing the sights. Well, we did go downtown today and I did get a photo on top of a big white rhino. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you slow it down? Yeah, no, there was a big statue in the middle of town. The boys uh, lifted me up on there to get a photo on top of it. <laughs> Sounds like you're having a great old time. So, so having a great time, yeah. So, Bobby, after this tournament in the, the upcoming months in Australia, there's the, the Perth Masters and the Sydney Masters and there's also the, the Oceanic Masters coming yep. up. So that's that competition sort of being able to to bring that to Australia. That's been really big for the like the world of darts in in Australia, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The darts, uh, the World Series. They uh, brought it out here a couple of years ago to Sydney. They played it out at um, Luna Park, uh, and it was very good. I was actually there that night. I saw there was a, a bloke from Victoria, uh, Tech Bridge, who um, beat Raymond Van Barneville. Oh wow. Yeah, in front of about 3,000 people, and uh, the crowd went absolutely nuts. Uh, I got to meet Tick here this weekend. He's a nice fella, and he can throw some fantastic darts. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be in the mix for those tournaments. You've got some other players uh, from South Australia, probably uh, Ray O'Donnell's very good player, Bubba. Uh, Victoria, you've got Corey Cadby, a young bloke. He's a very good player as well. And from Western Australia, you've always got David Platt and Loz Ryder, who have both played over in the PDC uh, Nationals around Christmas time. Uh, a young bloke by the name of Tyson Hoffel, he's a very good player as well. Um, so there's, there's plenty of guys around that uh, Paul Cotton from New South Wales as well. 
there's a lot of guys there that can have a crack at these guys. And, you know, if you show up, they might play best of six legs if they can show up and hit their doubles and score some big scores. And they're definitely a chance of knocking off some of these blokes from the UK. And so there will be the, like, the, the, the top... Uh, the top players in the world coming over, like your, your Phil Taylor and Gary Anderson coming over? Yeah, it will be Phil Taylor, Gary, Michael Van Gill and uh, Van Barneveld, James Wade, um, Peter Peter Wright as well. Oh, Snakebite, um, I love him. <laughs> everyone loves the Snakebite, they'll be over here. Uh, the top eight and they'll play uh, probably eight qualifiers from Australia and New Zealand. Tremendous, that'll be great. I was at, um, uh, I was in Blackpool, um, the home of uh, the home of international darts yeah, last last year, yeah, which was amazing. So I am going to be doing my very best to get along to most likely the the Sydney Masters because it's just a, an amazing atmosphere. It's fantastic, I tell you, mate. I've been to State of Origins, I've been to AFL, I've been to Grand Finals, I've been to Melbourne Cup. The best sporting event I've ever been to was the darts in Sydney. When Raymond Van Barneveld walked out to Eye of the Tiger, everyone was singing it. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> the, roof, the roof lifted off. There was 3,000 people there. Where everyone just had a great time. Dressed up, you know, party atmosphere. It's the best thing I've been to sporting-wise. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. All right, Bob, we're just about to wrap it up. But just before we do, can you give us your 17-year-old's uh, player again? Bryson Williams. Bryson Williams. All right. We're claiming him as well as you, Bob, as uh, a sporting discussion's own. So uh, we will pay close attention to both your careers going forward. So we want to thank you so much for coming on and joining us mid-competition. We know some people go into such a uh, competitive trance that they don't like to talk to outside folks. So thanks for coming on, Bob. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, boys. I'm happy to talk to you anytime. Cheers. Good luck tomorrow, mate. Thanks, guys. That was Bobby Simpson, ACT Darts representative, live from Dubbo. He is an absolute cracker. What a beauty. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like I know very, very little about darts, I can't lie, but uh, it sounds like there's some really, really good players actually over there at the moment. Yeah, and the hopefully, I, I guess that they're – trying to become, you know, as uh, proficient and uh, successful as, as Simon Whitlock and Kyle Anderson, who are going to be representing Australia in the 2016 World Cup of Darts in Frankfurt on June the 2nd to the 5th. The Australians are seated sixth in that tournament and are playing the hosts Germany in the first round. So they should do... Well, they should get through that first round. Can I make a, a speculative guess? You may. Simon Whitlock will go a mile ahead and then lose. <laughs> I don't know anything about darts, but I know that happens a lot. So the top three seeds in the World Cup will be England with Phil Taylor and Adrian Lewis, Scotland with Gary Anderson and Robert Thornton, and the Netherlands with Michael Van Gerwen and Raymond Van Barneveld. They are the teams to beat if the... Poms are on song, then they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. But Van Gerwen is in good form. He won the the Premier League uh, last weekend. So we will wait and see and we will report on how that tournament went in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, Russ. 180 indeed. 
Speaking of 180, AJ has turned the amplifier up past 11 and it is on its way to 180 as he lines up for his very first massive overreaction. AJ, take it away. Like a pair of legs with vasculitis, I am going to have a massive, massive overreaction. But you know what? I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get passionate. I'm just going to lay some facts out here. Now, there's a guy, a seven-foot-tall player, Mason Cox, who's playing AFL at the moment for the Collingwood Football Club, uh, usually running around at full forward. Never played AFL before, but he was selected in 2014 as an international player and was basically given an intense three-year boot camp in how to play the game, how to do the skills and all that sort of thing. He took up the game for fun because it looked interesting, and he's kicked nine goals in five games, so he's pretty good. He came from uh, Oklahoma State University. He was a fairly mediocre basketballer, about eight, eight points a game, give or take. Uh, and he's making such an impact in the AFL that I don't think it's a stretch to say that the traditional re- recruitment pathways are gone. Now, there's two... Uh, there's two American players in the AFL. It's uh, Mason Cox and St Kilda Ruckman Jason Holmes. Jason Holmes' brother is a wide receiver for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, so you can see that they're making the switch from NFL to uh, Aussie rules. Uh, the AFL is about to go massive in the US on the back of these two players. And the game as we know it will be unrecognisable. And I'm going to say, I'll say it here, it might be a massive overreaction, but you heard it here first, by 2024... We're essentially going to have teams of basketball-heighted international players holding all the key positions. They're going to play for a medal, the Sanford Wheeler medal, instead of the Brownlow. Because Sanford Wheeler played 43 games for the Swans in the 90s. He was the true trailblazer for Americans in the AFL. He played State of Origin games for New South Wales ATT as well during the State of Origin tournaments in the 90s. Now, a lot of the commentary around uh, Mason Cox has been that he hasn't been able to have his skills polluted by junior coaching and bad uh, skill acquisition. So uh, we can easily extrapolate from there that rubbish junior volunteer coaches will be a thing of the past. Uh, Players won't be given any skills training at all so that when they get to AFL level, they're fine to be moulded and just turned into the great players of the future. Uh, You've heard it here first on a sporting discussion and sorry, coaches, that's how it's going to be. Certainly was a, a massive overreaction, AJ. We're going to have no skills taught to players, and we're going to have it's the only way inter- forward. It's international the only way forward. monsters running around the the football field in ten years. Okay, yeah. that has been a sporting <laughs> discussion episode fourteen. Before we sign off, AJ. What are you looking forward to this week? Socceroos England. Socceroos England and Socceroos England. Saturday morning about 4am, I believe. Right. I really hope we win. Do the English care? Because last time... They will. Will they? Yeah, they will. They're in the middle of... Let's be fair. They're in the middle of a fairly intense... uh, Warm-up period for the Euros. Uh, they've played. They played Turkey last last weekend. They play us, and then they play Portugal. Um, so players like Jamie Vardy's not playing because they're getting trying to get married before the <laughs> tournament starts. So. I love you, Jamie. <laughs> and um, Ange is going to be experimenting a little bit as well. He's got a couple of players in who haven't played before. Uh, for the Socceroos, not it's not like Mason Cox just coming in and <laughs> lobbing in, um, but it should be it should be an interesting game. I'm really interested to see, as we've spoken about before, Ange's first instinct is to go after you, mm. but this is a very good English side 
that uh, Roy, Roy, Roy Hodgson has um, got going there. So we'll have to see how it goes. Very good. What about you? I am looking forward to watching some AFL on Friday night. Now, North Melbourne Footy Club have won their first nine games of the season. They've never won nine in a row before to start a season. And there's a lot of commentary in the media saying, oh, but they haven't played anyone yet. And it's like, well... Well, they have because they've won nine games. Exactly. And you need... Historically, you need 11 games to make the finals and you need 15 games to make the top four. So they're well on their way. They will face a really, really big test on Friday night against the Sydney Swans at the SCG. The Swannies coming off a one-point loss to Richmond and a 14-point victory against Hawthorne, both at the MCG. I am genuinely looking forward to seeing how North Melbourne go. I hope that they win so that all of the media can sort of go, oh, Oh, they're pretty good. Maybe they are good. Mm. We will talk about a lot of things next week. And if you... (laughs) Can I... I, Sorry, I've got to interrupt. I've got to do a very quick shout out to our Canberra listeners. Yes. Uh, I'm going to be in 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 the territory for the double this week, Brumbies v Sunwolves and then Raiders v Bulldogs. Uh, keep an eye on at ASD underscore podcast. Uh, there may be some interesting tweets as the as the nights get longer and the uh, games get more interesting. There was some photos and some acerbic wit. Yeah, come and say hi if you know who I am. <laughs> I'll be at the Durham. I'll have a few uh, craft beers at the Durham uh, in between games. Very good. If anyone out there has an issue that they would like us to discuss next week, Hit us up on Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. We love getting feedback from uh, from our listeners and suggestions as well. Don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe to a, a sporting discussion on iTunes. Download the Wooshka app. Wooshka are the lovely hosts who host all of our audio. Uh, they're good people there. Uh, you can get us on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio and Podbean. Uh, don't forget as well that Andrew Donison appears Monday mornings 7.15am which is getting harder and harder to do as winter starts to hit Melbourne yep maybe you should get a car oh never mind anyway 7.15 3 triple RFM that's 102.7 on your FM dial or whatever your streaming arrangements at home for those of you outside of Melbourne are don't forget our social medias at ASD underscore podcast on Twitter facebook.com slash a sporting discussion we reply tweets or comments are signed off with AJ for me AJ Mithen or AD for him Andrew Donison. Thanks again to Jack and Nat from Black Creek for the music in the stings. Uh, And thanks again to Bobby Simpson, our special guest for the week. That's been it for episode 14, and we will speak to you next week. Mm